It's a little bit cold outside, deceptively cold, but we're still doing fantastic. I know I am. John, how are you doing? I'm doing great today. I love a little rain, uh, get my rain jacket on, but you know, nothing like a little rain to dampen the outside and make the inside a little more exciting. <laughs> yeah, appreciate that sunshine when it's around. We got the weather coming up. I'm sure everyone's kind of updated on that. Hurricane Irma is moving in and then Jose is coming in after that. So we are going to Get you some bottled water, is what I can say. John, what's on the docket for today's show? Well, for starters, uh, we're going to go over some national sports stories, as well as some fantasy football advice for the NFL. We're going to talk about the Panthers preview their season and their upcoming game against the 49ers on Sunday. We're going to talk about some NC State football, about the game on Saturday, upcoming game this upcoming Saturday, some NC State swimming, men's and women's soccer, and some women's volleyball. Well, we're going to start that off. We just want to keep you updated on those non-revenue sports that you don't really hear about anywhere else. You're hearing it right here on Packers Life. So the women's soccer uh, last week, they played two games. They were undefeated going into the week. So we have bad news and then good news. The bad news was Lightning delayed their Friday match versus Princeton, and it was moved to Saturday. Well, apparently that wasn't the best for the NC State women because they fell from the undefeated ranks to Princeton uh, 2 to nothing, with Princeton scoring goals in the 21st and 55th minute. And Coach Tim Santoro said, quote, they were better and they deserved to win the game today. It was a fair scoreline. We didn't play our best today. Some of it was us. Some of it was them. We'll learn from today and prepare for another tough match Monday. That match Monday was Elon and NC State women's. I'm anticipating they went into that with a vengeance, how did that turn out for the Elon Phoenix, John? Well, they lost a thumping, Elon lost a thumping game five to nothing against our five NC goals. State women. Uh, they set season highs and goals in a game, shots and assists all in one game. So Fantastic. It was a great, turn, great turnout. There were goals by, let me look at the names. So how it happened. Rachel Cox put the Wolfpack on the board in the 15th minute as she scored, put them up one nothing. Paige Griffith scored in the 34th minute, so the Wolfpack were up 2 to nothing at halftime. And our all-everything soccer player, Ziara King, scored in the 50th minute to go up 3 nothing in the second half. And to go up 4 nothing. Mikhail Johnson scored in the 72nd minute to kind of put that game out of reach. But what I liked was this goal in the 89th minute. To make it five nothing. Yeah, we never quit, even when we're up four nothing. Still, they were the still very angry goals. about that loss <laughs> on Saturday to Princeton. So you know, I mean, I know it's our in-state brethren, Elon. I have no qualms with Elon at all, but you know, you shouldn't have. It was tough for you guys to have to play us after our first loss. So NC State is four one and zero for the season right now. Interestingly enough, our Wolfpack women are two and zero when we score in the the opening fifteen minutes of the game and 4-0 when we score in the first half. So obviously that's a trend we want to keep going as getting ahead early is obviously going to help you win. Yeah, that could apply to multiple NC State sports as well. We're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about that with the, the football team starting out behind, but more on revenue sports. So we talked about last week, the women's volleyball, they were going down for a trip and they were going to play third-ranked Florida and then another NCAA tournament team from last season, Auburn, that did not turn out so well for our women's volleyball players, John. No, they lost to uh, Florida in three sets and Auburn in five. And 
right now our volleyball team is 0-5, but I still feel like they're a lot better than their record. They've had a tough go of it. They've had to play um, some nat- some top 10 teams nationally ranked, as well as other teams that were NCAA tournament teams last year. And they've played them all well. It's just they exactly. haven't got a win yet. So, I mean... I'm looking for a win coming up very soon. Yeah, they're going to be able to finish. And four of those five losses have been to teams that were picked to win their conference in the preseason. So the women's volleyball has opened up with a really tough schedule, and I have full confidence they are going to bounce back. Yeah, I mean, it's like if men's basketball started out against Kentucky, UCLA, and Kansas. You're going to expect them to lose all three games. That doesn't mean they can't compete. Yeah, that doesn't mean, yeah, they're not a good team. Uh Schedule upcoming this week on campus. Men's and women's soccer is playing. I forgot to mention that on the calendar. Uh, Thursday at 7 p.m., we host East Carolina, another in-state rival. And on Friday at 7 p.m., I mean, I'm sorry. Yes, that is Friday. Friday at 7 p.m., the men's soccer hosts number three in the nation, Clemson. Both those games are on Dale Soccer Field on campus. Bring your student ID card and you can get in free. I'm sure admission for non-students is pretty cheap. On Monday, the women's soccer will host Davidson, and women's volleyball plays LIU. And then on Tuesday, men's soccer plays Longwood. So that's what's going on on campus. Those games are, again, free to students. Bring your student ID card. Speaking of men's soccer, their game against earlier this week versus LIU was canceled in the 32nd minute due to the weather. So how does that work? They were up one to nothing, John, but the game was canceled. So does that goal count towards our season tally? Uh, I'm pretty sure that the game is just uh, white for the, from the schedule, just especially didn't happen. since it's an ACC game. Yeah, that's what, that's what it's looking like at this point. So It's like a glitch in the matrix. They might, they might make it up. <laughs> they might make it up uh, later in the season, but as of right now, that game is just not going to be counted. So in other surprising news, our NC State swim team is doing very well. Surprise, surprise. What, is it? what a surprise. <laughs> They're, for, actually, yesterday was their first day of practice, the official start of the season. Obviously, you got new swimmers, a freshman. Um, you can follow, I saw that on Twitter. Uh, their first meet is uh, September 29th, and we'll talk more about that as the date looms closer. But NC State had six swimmers named to the USA national team. That's six current and former Wolfpack swimmers. Uh, yeah, that's that's a big deal. I mean, obviously, we got Ryan Held, who won the gold medal in Brazil this year. Yeah, and, in the relay. Um, yeah, and Justin Ress, um, also named to that national team. Colin Jones, uh, a fan favorite. He's uh, He was at NC State uh, many years ago, but he's competed in the last two Olympics. Uh, and for the women, we have Hannah Moore, uh, named to the national team, as well as Elise Hahn and Kayla Brumbaum. And this is uh, a big deal because if you're named to the national team, it means that you're going to be training with the national team. You're expected to um, potentially make the Olympics, definitely the world championship. So we'll definitely have some representation of the Wolfpack on the national stage in many years to come. For yeah, in addition to that, just being a huge honor to represent your country versus the rest of the world. Absolutely. That would, that, that's their hard work paying off. Again, they practice very early in the morning. They have a lot of hours. So, trivia question for this week's show. We do this every week. John, what is this week's trivia question? Uh, This week's trivia question is a great historical question about another one about men's basketball. And that question is, who is the all-time leader in assists for men's basketball? I, when I saw, when you texted me this, I knew off the top of my head as a guess, 
But just got, guys, remember, real fans don't need Google. Okay, if you Google, <laughs> we'll know it. You can hit us up with your answer on Twitter at Pack is Life NCSU, and John's going to be monitoring monitoring that throughout the show. We're going to take our first break. Give you some uh, rock music, Under the Gun by Wrecker. When we come back, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to talk about NC State's football game versus South Carolina this uh, last Saturday and a little preview about Marshall. But what went wrong with the Wolf Pack and what they can do to fix it? This is Pack is Life Sports Show on 88.1 WKNC. We'll be right back. Benjamin Denton, John Hinton, 88.1 WKNC. Thank you so much for listening and making us a part of your day. we like to thank our donors and sponsors for making this possible so that we can be talking to you right now on one of the premier college radio stations in the nation. So like we said, when we were going out to the break, we're going to talk about Wolfpack football. So for those of you who don't know, we lost on Saturday versus South Carolina. And uh, it was a game I don't think we could have should have lost. It was 35-28. to 28, So I'm just going to throw it over at... My boy John here. What went wrong, John? In a nutshell, everything except offense went wrong, honestly. In my opinion, special teams made the biggest difference in this game. I mean, we saw another missed kick uh, this time from Carson Wise. Although it didn't affect the total outcome of the game, scoring-wise, it definitely changed the momentum. I mean, we have to be able to make kicks. 29 yards in the red zone. It also uh, it also changed your game planning. Whenever you get near the red zone, if you can't trust your kicker to make a 29-yard field goal. But, hey, he's a student here, and I'm, I know he tries his best. Bless his heart. And he does better than any of us could do out there. So don't, like, rip into kickers. It's not like they're missing on purpose. They are really trying, and they work hard. Bless their hearts for NC State kickers. Also, along with special teams, I think everyone's going to point out the the touchdown that we gave up on the opening kickoff. Spotted them seven points is what Coach Doran said. That's basically what we did. I mean, it's really hard to come back from um, giving up seven points within the first 15 seconds of the game. They didn't even really take a snap, and they were already up. We didn't lead in this entire game, by the way. So ever since the, the very first touchdown, 15 seconds in the game, we were either tied or trailing. That just sets a tone for the entire game. You don't, um, you're always on the aggressive. You're always taking risks when you're behind or if you're tied because you have to get that advantage where South Carolina, they had the, um, the luxury of um, if they had to go three and out and they were up a touchdown, it was okay that they went three and out. They didn't need to, to force the ball. They didn't need to run the same trick play three times. Like it seemed like they did. <laughs> I like our trick plays. I love trick plays. I, I love trick plays too. The first time we got it, I think we got like to a, Cole Cook, the a tight 30 end. yard pass down to Cole Cook. And then we tried the same play uh, again. And I think Jalen Samuel got, or whoever was um, looking to pitch it back to Finley, got tackled in the backfield for a loss of eight. So I'm going to feed you some stats here from this okay. game. You would not have guessed a seven point defeat if you didn't watch the game. Yeah. Yards, NC State. 504 yards of total offense for this team. That is, for college, that's really good. If that was NFL, that would be insane. But still, 500 yards of offense to South Carolina's, wait for it, 246. More than doubled their yards of total offense. And again, I say special teams, the seven points, it was the difference in the game. If you look at another thing, another factor um, that helped South Carolina win was big plays. 
I yes. remember one specific play where we missed a sack in the backfield. Oh, and then, my god! I mean, he made an incredible throw, the quarterback for South Carolina. I don't remember his name. but Bentley. Um, Bentley, yeah, Bentley. He made an absolutely incredible throw on the run. But that one throw completely changed the tone of the second half. It was at that play. When it, I saw that play, I said, that guy is a good quarterback. I didn't feel as bad to losing to that team with that mm. quarterback. He is going to tear it up, if not this year, next year. That that guy has some talent. Bentley has some talent. You don't make that throw if you don't have some talent. You, I know you can't judge guys, but it's not luck. And, of course, Samuel just showing off with that one-handed catch. But our Samuels was better, and he did everything for us. He was very clutch. Some would say he came short on a certain fourth down play. In fact, some people in some black and white shirts would say he came short, but they were absolutely wrong. That spot on that fourth down that everyone knows what I'm talking about. John, what about that spot? Um, yeah, that was that was a bad spot. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Looking back at the replay, they even reviewed it and they the the crazy thing to me was that the the initial spot was so far off the um where it should have been even if you're not going to give them the first down it was still a yard behind where it should have been yeah you should have at so, least respotted the ball and measured they spotted the ball where his right hand was down yeah i'm not going to blame the loss on the officiating oh. but i'm not going to credit the um but i'm i'm also like not going to let them off the hook like that that was just not a good spot like and it seemed like every single call on the field was in favor of South Carolina. If Completely they, unbiased opinion. Well, yeah, it just seemed it seemed that way. But even if they would review it and overturn it, it just seemed like every call was going to South Carolina. Again, not excusing the loss based on the officials. But it doesn't help when you can't gain momentum because they have to review a call that they should have made on the field. Well, there was that, of course, like you said, that wasn't the only thing. NC State did a bunch of things themselves to hurt themselves. And that, to me, that's... What I think is what cost them in the game, the you know the like you said the the officials making that mistake, uh, not calling a crucial pass interference on third down. You know there was a couple of things, but you don't allow the kickoff to be a touchdown, the opening kickoff. That that's not anything great. South Carolina did those are mess ups by the uh, return team, the defense, whatever the name of that is called. I don't know what it's called. Anyway, the special teams. We're just going to broadly say special teams, and I think we fumbled five times, and two of them we lost. But five fumbles, and there were also fumbles that we were down. But why, But we were still fumbling the ball, and it didn't cost us per se, but we just didn't have that ball security. We lost the turnover battle 2-1. to one. But what was really encouraging, there was a bunch of encouraging things in this game. For me, one of them was Kevin Harmon, the wide receiver, and also Myers, the wide receiver, and Ryan Finley this game. John, talk about Ryan Finley here. Well, for starters, he passed for 415 yards, which is a very solid game. He didn't throw any interceptions. He did have one fumble lost, but that really wasn't his fault. He got blindsided on a play-action pass. But turnovers-wise, besides that one fumble, very solid game. His completion percentage was over 60%, which, I mean, that is incredibly efficient. And considering also how many times he threw, I think at halftime he had dropped back to throw 34 times. That was on track for 70 times throwing the ball. I don't know what that was, the final. He ended up throwing 64 passes and completing 45 of them. Averaged uh, six and a half yards a pass, which is not the greatest for um, average, but for how many yards he got, I mean, it's acceptable. Like, and he know, had an incredible game. The offensive line, they held up pretty well. I mean, pretty good. I mean, uh, Naheem Hines had some running lanes to run through, and he also was 
really good for us in the punt return game. He almost broke a couple of punts and brought him back to the house. And they, the passing, other than the one fumble, the offensive line, I think, did a great job protecting Finley and also blocking for the running game. We only finished uh, with 89 yards rushing, but part of that was having to abandon the running game from playing from behind the entire game. Exactly. Yeah, it takes something away from your offense. And I'm just looking at the numbers right now, and I still don't know how we lost this game. First downs. Uh, NC State had 29 first downs. South Carolina had only 12. On third down, um, NC State went 9 for 20. That's 45%. That's, that is really good. That's very solid. And 50% on fourth down. But again, 75% on fourth down, if we're being realistic here. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 75% on fourth down. But, of course, with the last play um, getting batted down, we had a chance to tie it at the end. But, again, that's that's just not relevant. Like, I don't think that... The Gamecocks should not have even been in this game at this point with how bad their offense was playing. In the second half. In the first half, I thought their offense was pretty good. In the first half, their offense was good. It it was focusing on big plays, mostly. They had um, that one touchdown where the running back bobbled it. Oh, yeah, that was a busted coverage. That was a busted coverage. Um, So that that was a big play. And then, of course, the one-handed catch by uh, South Carolina Samuel in the end zone. That's another big play. And then the kickoff, that's another big play. That's three plays accounting for only about 80 yards. And tw- 21, 21 points. points. Yeah. So this so, game was swung hmm. on the big plays. And with all of that going on during the game, we still had a chance to pull it out at the end. And we couldn't get it done. Got first and goal at the 10-yard line. Ah, that was It was an exciting game to watch. And I'm, I'm really excited that we messed up that much and still were in that game. That, get, that gives me faith as I'm trying to keep my optimism here as a fan, that we can go beat anybody, including Florida State. Including Marshall coming up this Saturday. Exactly. What they, are your thoughts on that game? What are the chances? Well, we I don't have a ticket. I'm trying to get a ticket. I missed it. It's like the student application uh, closed for that early. But Saturday we're playing Marshall. Is that at uh, 1 p.m.? It's at 6, I believe. At, it's 6, at 6 p.m.? p.m. On ACC Network. So it's a prime... Uh, not necessarily primetime game, but it's an evening game, so should have a good audience, uh, should have a lot of fans there. Uh, Marshall won their first game of the season, but again, they're not predicted to um, do anything really, really special this year in terms of non-conference opponents. I mean, we're still in the ACC. We lost to an SEC team who could be competing to get to the SEC championship, so I'm expecting a win against Marshall, and if it doesn't happen, I'm going to call for Dave Doran's job. <laughs> And, you know, you're not alone in expecting that. Uh, ESPN has NC State a 94.1% chance of winning that game versus Marshall. Uh, obviously, I, th- I, think, I think the football team is going to respond very similar to what the women's soccer team did. In losing a game, they probably should have won. I think the football team is going to come out and curb stomp Marshall and uh, poor Marshall having to deal with that. Of course, the student section is going to be extremely excited to finally have football back. And I, I didn't know it was a 6 p.m. game. I don't know if I'll be able to go to that. But we have Marshall this week and another game versus Furman next week. We should be going into the game versus Florida State 2-1 and one, and looking way better. And both these games are going to be confidence boosters for sure, especially after that first that loss to South Carolina and the way in which they lost, getting those two Ws. And I'm really like counting on us to get those Ws. <laughs> Uh, looking at Florida State, too, that's our ACC opener. We play them in week four in Tallahassee. 
Uh, DeAndre Francois, their quarterback, who looks suspiciously like Cam Newton under the helmet, yeah, is actually that. out for the season with a leg injury. Uh, yeah, a patella tendon. I had, I didn't like rip my patella tendon, but they got they they were strained when I was in high school because I did a lot of jumping, so I could dunk, and then I then they got strained, and so now I can't anymore. That is a really painful injury. Walking upstairs is painful. Walking is painful. Like just bending if your knees are bent too long, like if you drive in a car for too long. I sometimes would have to get out and just just walk for no reason, just so my knees would stop hurting. And he, t- I think he tore his patella tendon. It's not something that people really pay attention to, and obviously until it's hurting. So best wishes to Francois. I have not had a chance to look at who his backup is, but we'll talk more about that when the game I really comes think closer. that it gives us a chance to win. I mean, you hate when you win because of an injury, but I mean, really. I, I, I do as well. Also, watching I did watch the Florida State-Alabama game most of it while trying to study at the same time. wasn't a good decision. But Alabama looked good. But Florida Alabama St- crushes everybody. But Florida State's defense looked really good for a good portion of that game. Like, they were all over the quarterback, but Alabama's just, they just overpower you. Alabama's Alabama, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I Florida hate State, Alabama. They're not a, they're not a one-player team, so like, Obviously, we're they're still going to be favored going into um, that game against us, but maybe the Francois injury gives us more of a chance to win that game. Uh, we're going to talk about some Panthers football. Upcoming is the start of the NFL season. Finally. It has been many, many long moons, my friend. I think that's the point of the offseason. Uh, the offseason, first of all, <laughs> don't get me started, is way too long. It's been since February. I haven't seen a real meaningful football game i haven't seen my guy cam newton i like i need my cam newton fix uh he's been cleared no restrictions going into the season opener on sunday that's at 425 on fox in san francisco against a not so solid niners squad i'll straight up say the niners are trash i think they i think they're getting navarro bowman back after a lot of injuries and he's a really good player but you have brian hoyer starting I, the Panthers' defense is going to chop him up and make lunch meat out of him. I don't want to underrate the 49ers because I last will absolutely year, underrate them. Last year, I was too overconfident about every single game. And last year, we played the 49ers and we put up a lot of points and they still competed with us. Now, Blaine Gabbert was their quarterback, not Brian Hoyer, but they still have a pretty solid running back in Carlos Hyde and a pretty solid defense, as you said, backed by Navarro Bowman. So yeah. it should be a good game, but. I'm I'm take in fact we're gonna talk more about this later uh with our we're gonna have this thing every week we pick an upset and a lock of the week and that may or may not come up later. Uh that's just a teaser to keep you guys listening. Cause you, edge of your seat, you you have to know what our lock and upset is. So that gets us into this season. Finally, Panthers football is here. I'm a diehard Panthers fan. You're a diehard Panthers fan. There are many, many diehard Panthers fans in this listening area. So, John, what are we looking forward to this season? What's going on? What are some of the highlight games? What can we expect from this season? Well, for starters, um, I'm going to talk about last season. Uh, because last season was a disappointment. Do you to have to? Um, obviously, in 2015, the Panthers went 15-1, and went to the Super Bowl. Good times. Last season, yeah, 6-10. and 10, a bit of a letdown. So, I mean, it's an odd year, 2017. 2015 and 2013 were when we got a bye in the playoffs. Uh, 
I'm expecting the same this year, honestly. We have a tough division with Tampa Bay uh, gaining some strength, gaining some key players. Uh, most recently, T.J. Ward, the safety who was cut by the Broncos. Now, that's a head-scratcher for me because, yet again, the Panthers have a good defensive free agent because Joe Hayden was being was shopped, was shopping on the trade block, and then the Browns cut him. We didn't pursue him. T.J. Ward, an all-pro safety from Denver, the no-fly zone, he was cut from his team, and yeah. we didn't pursue him. To be fair, he did uh, intentionally hit Cam Newton above the shoulders a couple times last season, so I really, I'm really looking forward to um, Kelvin Benjamin uh, bodying him in the secondary. But oh. again, as I was saying, with uh, the tough division, the Atlanta Falcons, obviously they blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl, um, <laughs> but they, were a, they did have the best offense in the NFL, and the Saints always have Drew Brees. They're always a threat. So it's going to be a tough division, but overall, I'm looking at 11 and five, potentially 12 and four uh, this season. Yeah, I'm looking at this schedule, and I'm I'm liking what I am seeing much more than I did last season. Because coming off that Super Bowl, you get all the better teams with your scheduling, how that scheduling works. No complaints there. But we're starting versus the 49ers, Bills, and Saints. None of those. Well, the Saints have a really good quarterback. The other two do not. So you have the Saints without a defense. They haven't had a defense, and I don't know when they ever had a good defense. You have the Bills and Niners. Don't have good quarterbacks. Tyra Taylor's iffy, like a little hand, like a handshake, Masamanos, like he's, mm, he's okay. But then we have Week Four versus the Patriots, and Tom Brady. That's going to be a great game. That's October first. That's Sunday. It's probably going to be flexed into the Sunday night spot. Uh, yeah, I think. That we're going to lose that game. And I'm just being honest. I mean, playing in Foxborough is always tough. And it's just playing the defending champion Patriots. I'm I'm just not expecting a win. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't uh, go to the playoffs or even win the Super Bowl. It's just this specific game is going to be tough playing in Foxborough, even on a Patriot squad without Julian Edelman. They seem to have gotten stronger somehow. Um since the Super Bowl win, picking up Brandon Cooks, it's Mike Gillisley. It's almost as if they have an advantage that other teams don't Stop. have. Stop. It's, I'm just saying it's almost as if like one could do that if you were New England. They're just geniuses. All of them. They're just that much smarter than everybody else. So looking down the rest of the schedule, that could be a 3-0 matchup versus an undefeated Patriots team. There's Lions, Eagles, Bears. But this, like you're talking about this division, uh, the Buccaneers, many people are projecting them to win the division, be a playoff team with Jameis Winston coming into his own this year as a Tier 1 quarterback. I'm not buying that right now. I am. Really? I, I really think there's going to be three division teams from the, I mean, three playoff teams from the NFC South. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I got the Panthers uh, going 11-5, and five, winning the division, and the Falcons and Tampa Bay both going 10-6, and six, getting that wild card spot. The reason for that is uh, because I think all most of the losses are going to come within the division for the NFC South, but you look at the NFC North. I don't see anybody but the Packers coming out of there. I don't see anybody but the Seahawks coming out of the West. And honestly, I feel like the Cowboys are going to have a letdown season, and the Giants are going to go to the playoffs. As far as the Cowboys go, there's a lot of Cowboys fans just everywhere, but including like North Carolina. It's amazing how many fans there are. I agree with you. They're going to have a letdown season because they're the Dallas Cowboys. If if America's there is an, team, if there's an NC State of the NFL without champ like with cha- with championships Stop. in the past, no. it's Dallas. <laughs> Dallas always finds a way to just lose games. More like Miami, more like Miami. 
Well, well, they don't have Tony Romo, and I've heard Tony Romo's a really good broadcaster, and he's the new uh, the new A team for CBS with Jim Nance. Now, I that Phil Simms has been doing it forever. I mean, I'm not sad to see him uh, not <laughs> no longer doing those games. Although he did give me some entertainment, some of the stuff he said. Although, yeah, yeah, that was really fun. Well, so, I, I think the Cowboys are going to have a letdown season because I mean. Ezekiel Elliott actually is cleared to play on Sunday, but he still has a six-game suspension that he most likely will still have to serve. So it's going to be really tough. I mean, they have a tremendous offensive line in Dallas, but Zeke is, I mean, he's the beast. Feed the beast. Feed Zeke. You know, hes he, he racked up 1,500-plus yards as a rookie. Uh, I'm expecting them to struggle while he's out because, I mean, they don't have the greatest secondary in the world I think the Giants beat them both times, just like they did last season. Well, that's coming up on Sunday, a Giants, uh, a Giants Cowboys game. That's a Sunday game. night football game. So you talked about this Sunday. There are a bunch, a lot of good games. I'm looking at this slate coming up Sunday, and I don't see any really bad football games except for maybe Jacksonville, Houston, and that will be a competitive game, but just bad to watch. Don't watch it. You should watch the Panthers. They're going to be a great game. <laughs> well, that's going to be great because we're going to win. But yeah, there's two Monday night games, that Sunday night game, and then tomorrow night the Chiefs and Patriots are playing. Like kick off the NFL season. I am really, really excited about that. That's again, I talked about this before, but my NFL fix, I have not had it for an extremely long time. I'm ready for football to start. There's another reason I'm ready for football to start, and that's fantasy football. I'm very into that. You're very into that, and no doubt many of our listeners are into fantasy football. So we're going to, again, another segment that we're going to do every week. We're going to give you, John and I, in our personal, unbiased, expert opinions, our must-sit. No, they're very biased. They're personal opinions. <laughs> I'm saying my opinion is unbiased and personal and okay. completely objective is what I'm saying, John. And we're going to give you our must-sit and must-start uh, guys for this week. So, John, for this week one of the NFL season, who is your must-sit and must-start players? Uh, my must-sit is DeMarco Murray. And that may come as a surprise because he had a tremendous season last year. Uh, I mean, obviously, he had a successful career in Dallas. Didn't do so well in Philly, but had a great year in his first year in Tennessee. The second year running back from Alabama, Alabama, Derrick Henry, um, I mean, he's a beast. And DeMarco Murray, he's turn, he's 29, turning 30 this year. Now, for running backs, that's when your career starts to die down a little bit. I see um, Mike Munchak um, giving Derrick Henry more carries as the season goes on, and I really think DeMarco Murray is going to be an unreliable fantasy player. Actually, I think Henry, by week three, will be the number one back in that system, and he will be getting definitely all the goal line, goal line carries because he is a huge dude running the ball, but he's also deceptively fast for a guy of that size. I think Derrick Henry is going to be the number one. I agree with that. My must-sit of the week is Amir Abdullah, the running back for the Detroit Lions. The Lions, uh, Abdullah is a really fast guy. He's coming to the NFL. It's doubt whether he could be an every-down guy, maybe that third-down scat back guy catching uh, passes out of the backfield. But when I look at these fantasy uh, football matchups, I look at who they're playing more often than I do the actual player, and I see that Abdullah, in a backfield that has theoretic and uh, uh, Zach Zenner, or Zeke Zenner, I don't remember his name, it was two Zs. Zach Zenner, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, in that backfield, it's kind of a committee a little bit, although Abdullah is the best one. But they're also playing the Arizona Cardinals, which last season allowed the least fantasy points to running backs. 
So that when when you're looking up who to start and sit, just spoiler, go and look up who gives up the least. And about four weeks into the season, those stat- statistics will be more realistic. But right now, I'm just looking at last season. So, John, who is your must-start for this week? Um, my must-start is, I'm going to go homer on this one, Kelvin Benjamin. Because I really I like think... It. I really think Kelvin Benjamin, he's finally, he's in the best shape of his life, honestly. Coming off a season where he underwhelmed, which, of course, the season before he he missed because of an ACL tear. But um, he underwhelmed last season. He had, he had a pretty great preseason. I mean, honestly, I think he had three touchdowns. And mm-hmm. I just really see him being a problem for opposing defenses. And a side note about him, I don't know if you saw this story, but his mom died fairly recently, and he has said that he is going to dedicate this entire season to his mom. Uh, sorry for his loss, but that is, that is I don't know, I got a little bit choked up when I saw that. I, don't, I, have, I didn't watch the video, but that is some really hard stuff. He's going to be really motivated. And that kind of was his problems before. Uh, he had issues uh, putting on weight and, uh, I don't know, lacking some work ethic sometimes and his mechanics on his routes. He wasn't as meticulous. He's going to be really motivated, but you like his matchup this week versus the 49ers. Uh, yeah, they really have um, lost the secondary that they had in the past. They really don't have anybody on defense except for Navarro Bowman. I'm looking for Cam to pick them apart, not just by throwing to Benjamin, but by throwing to everyone in general. But, I mean, I'm looking for Cam to throw three touchdowns, and I think uh, Calvin Benjamin's going to get at least one. So. Well, my must start of the week isn't as obscure as I would like it to be, but I was looking through these matchups. My must start of the week is Ben Roethlisberger versus the Cleveland Browns. Of course, the Cleveland Browns allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks last season and probably for the last five years or ten years or however long back you want to go. But if anyone's playing Cleveland, you could probably start them. But maybe hopefully their defense will be improved. But for this week, I'll say that uh, Ben Roethlisberger is my must start. So we have some national sports stories in the NFL. So we mentioned uh, Hurricane Irma and uh, how that that could affect some football games. We're going to start this last segment of our show by answering the trivia question. What was, okay, refresh it because I'm a forgetful person here, John. (laughs) What was the trivia question? Uh, The trivia question for today was, who is the all-time leader in assists for NC State men's basketball? Did we have any correct answers on Twitter? None so far, so I'm just going to go None ahead and say it. No correct answers. Okay, no correct answers. Chris Corciani. That does course. not surprise me. Yeah, Chris Corciani. Only uh, diehard Wolfpack fans would know that. Um, all-time leader in assists for NC State men's basketball. I'm pretty sure he started all four years. So He if, was a pretty good player from what I hear. If Dennis had stayed for four years, he probably could have done it. But If. Oh yeah. <laughs> man, you gotta you gotta like be a downer right here. I'm trying to think if we had Dennis Smith Jr. for four years. He's gonna be pretty good in the NBA. We'll talk good. some NBA in a little bit, but right now we have we still have some NFL we haven't gotten to. So this is before the season starts, John. This is where you gotta put your money where your mouth is. You gotta put your neck out there. You gotta be bold. So before you've seen any NFL football that counted. Who are your two teams in the Super Bowl and why? Um, I'm going to start with the AFC, and I'm going to go with the Oakland Raiders. All right, because... we, have to, we have to tweet this out because we're going to hold you accountable to that oh, if yeah. they're bad. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Oakland Raiders uh, from the AFC. Uh, they had a really good season last year until Derek Carr broke his leg. Um, 
It was kind of disappointing in the playoffs. They didn't really have a capable backup with Derek Carr out for the season. But I'm fully expecting them to come back. They have a terrific offense. They had the defensive player of the year in Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. I ex- fully expect him to repeat and win that award this year. I think they're going to win the AFC and uh, upset the Patriots. Surprise some people, but not surprise me. And in the NFC, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. Because wow. I honestly Very think, bold, John. I honestly think Aaron Rodgers, he's also my pick for MVP. I think he's the he's not the best. He's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. Really? Uh, I think Tom Brady okay. is the best quarterback I've ever seen, ever, in terms of winning, winning Super Bowls, leading his team. Aaron Rodgers has the most ability to make the most throws. And I really believe that he's going to put it all together this season. I think the Raiders win the Super Bowl. But I think the oh, Packers. Okay. Yeah, I think the Raiders win the Super Bowl. But I think the Packers get there, give them a great game. They have a terrific receiving core. Uh, Ty Montgomery, he converted to running back this year from wide receiver. Oh, full time because he yes. split time at the two positions last year. He split time last year because they um, lost, had a lot of injuries at the position. But he's going to be the full time starter this year. And they also picked up Martellus Bennett from the Patriots. So yeah, I really like that pickup. I picked him up in fantasy. Not that. Anyone cares. So How about you? How about you? What are your picks for the Super Bowl, Benjamin? Well, okay, so this did not go well for me last year because one of my picks was Jacksonville. I wanted to pick a team on the rise. Wow. You know on what? On the rise? Well, I thought they'd be on the rise. Okay. It was before the season. If Jacksonville had gotten to the Super Bowl, I'd Let's be talk a this season. Let's talk this season DG. where we know Jacksonville's Okay, <laughs> AFC. I'm coming out of that division. I'm saying the Tennessee Titans are going to wow. win the division. They're getting 11 wins. They're going to surprise New England in the divisional round or wherever they play New England, and they're going to get to the Super Bowl, but they will lose. They're going to lose, drum roll, surprise, surprise, to the Carolina Panthers. Now, this is not just me being a homer here. I would love that, but continue, continue. I'm not just being a homer. I really do like our chances. We should have won it the first time around. I think it's the same Cam Newton except even better I think our defense is going to be fantastic as long as we don't get injured, which I'm really, really, really hoping we don't get injured. We keep Luke Keekley, We keep Cam Newton. We have a total, a, a, a new offense. Mike Shula will have hopefully updated his software a little bit. And we, we have Christian McCaffrey. We have Curtis Samuel. We have Demir Bird emerging. And we kept my boy, Brenton Burson. So this he's, team, he's on injured reserve. He's not on the actual I, roster. Well, he, he could, as long as he comes back before week six, he'll be on the roster, and he wasn't cut. So we still have my boy, Brenton Burson. Okay. I, I agree. I do like our chances. I mean, Christian McCaffrey was a terrific addition. I was thrilled with the pick. Curtis Samuel, too. I think we're going to see his development in uh, future seasons in his career, maybe not so much this year. But he's definitely going to provide a spark, as well as Demir Bird, who's a great replacement for Ted Ginn. And I think the signing of Matt Khalil this offseason is one of the most understated moves. I mean, we paid him a lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah, but playing alongside his brother, Ryan Khalil, our center. But I really believe that Cam's going to get the protection he needs this year and also have enough receivers who can stretch the field where he could run or hit them deep. So Yeah, and like I said, I'm sure Mike Shula will really have to use those weapons. But I think Cam Newton will win the MVP again. He will be the face of the NFL. And... That's my completely objective and unbiased opinion. Now, I would love for that to happen. I just don't see them beating the Packers. Well, Packers we will see because it's going to be me and you in predictions versus because we're going to do this right now. 
that we're going to do this every week. You and I are going to pick a lock and an upset. Who is absolutely guaranteed going to win this week in the NFL? And who's going to surprise some people? Now, John, who is your lock and why? Um, my lock is the Steelers to beat the Browns. And, I mean, that's honestly not that bold of a pick, but I really don't see the Browns beating the Steelers. They have too many weapons offensively. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser, while he's shown promise, he's still a rookie. And he's also a rookie that was not predicted to start at the start of this the preseason. So I really think the Steelers are going to run away with that one. I wanted to pick the Steelers and Browns as my upset of the week. I really, really did. But it's Deshaun Kaiser. He's a rookie. And it's Ben Roethlisberger, and he has all those weapons. I did not do them as my lock of the week, however, because I would not be surprised if Cleveland pulls out that win just because it's the NFL season. It's been a crazy year. And these games happen every week. So my lock of the week is the Panthers over the 49ers. Okay. Upset I, I can agree with that one. Upset of the week, John. Who's going to surprise us? I think the Chiefs are going to beat the Patriots in Foxborough the other night. Yeah, which I think um, Patriots don't lose many games at home, but I just really um, I think the Chiefs are going to do well. I think Kareem Hunt's going to have a big game, um, the rookie running back, uh, replacing Spencer Ware. I think Alex Smith is uh, not going to make that many mistakes. I just I think they pl- they have to play a perfect game to win, but I think that they will. It's bold, and I like it. Absolutely love it because it's no fun to make predictions that are not bold. My upset of the week is the Bears defeating the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, I would love that. Falcons are going to win eight or nine games this year at best. They are definitely rescinding back to the pack. As the show winds down, we have some NBA talk. There was that trade with Kyrie Irving. There was some more stuff that happened. So what exactly is the finishing kind of conclusion for this mega trade that happened? Um, I think the conclusion is that Kyrie's in Boston, and Isaiah Thomas is in Cleveland. I mean, did, did it cost Boston any more? It did not. They uh, Cleveland ended up just um, accepting the trade and not vetoing it, even though Isaiah's um, hip was not as healthy as they thought. But I really think Cleveland won this trade. I honestly do. They they picked up a potential lottery pick from Brooklyn through the end-all trade, as well as getting Isaiah Thomas, an all-star, and Jay Crowder, someone who can defend Kevin Durant in the finals. I can't disagree with that. Other NBA news, the Rockets were bought earlier this week. How much was that? Uh, a record $2.2 billion. That, billion um, with a B. B as in Benjamin. Billion with a B. Passing of Steve Ballmer's purchase of the Clippers a few years back of $2 billion. Wow. That yeah. is a lot of money. I hope to have that money one day. <laughs> and lastly, uh, I just think we should mention LaMelo Ball, the oh, younger brother of Lonzo Ball. He got his own shoe, a uh, big baller brand. And in other news, LeVar Ball doesn't care how that affects his NCAA eligibility. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, 16 with your own shoe, driving a Lamborghini, that's that's the life. Oh, I envy goodness. him so much. <laughs> I, I don't envy him. I, I like coming up where I didn't have... Everything he scored 92 points in a game. He didn't play defense the entire time. He didn't cross half court. That's an argument for another time. I like LeVar Ball, surprisingly. I don't like everything he says, but I think he actually is. It's all about marketing, and he does that for his kids. I want to know who LiAngelo Ball is because they never talk about him, and I want to know why. The reason they don't talk about LiAngelo is because he's at UCLA right now, and if he was associated with the brand in any way, it could put his eligibility in jeopardy. Now that so, makes sense. Yeah. You've answered the question. Once again, providing your expertise, John. I appreciate you. It's been a pleasure. That winds down to the fourth week of Packers Life Sports Show on 88.1 WKNC. 
Thank you so much for listening and making us a part of your day. We also want to thank our donors and sponsors for making this possible, one of the premier college radio stations in the nation. John, I will see you next week, 5 p.m., right here. And it's going to be live. Absolutely. Every week. Every week. We'll be back at the same time, same station. See you next time. Stay safe.